0: Good morning, VLC, how y'all doing? I, I tell you what, um, man, it, it's so good to be back. Um, and I, I tell people often in Texas, VL, VLC is home. It's not just South Florida because the brainmoses are there. Uh, y'all, it, it's you guys and um, what you've meant in our lives, supporting us for 13 years. And then, and then we're championing you guys a thousand miles away of what God is doing here. And I watch this service, and, and Jacob, I just got to say, man, I, I am so excited that you are the man that God has called to lead this ministry, uh, the gifting you have, the passion you have. Uh, he created you for this special moment and to see that service two weeks ago, to watch what your lead pastor is doing here. And Pastor Jacob, man, just exciting stuff and, uh, and trailblazed uh, by another co-pastor, uh, father-in-law, Pastor Ron, just, man, you have, you have modeled what it meant. Uh, to lay a foundation under Jesus and, and your heartbeat to serve and your love. And so just you, y'all are incredibly doubly blessed by two awesome pastors. And so I'm great, grateful to be back here. I would love to pray over y'all and then we're going to get into the word. All right. Is that cool? Hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, this morning, oh, we're here for you, King Jesus, and you only. So as you open up your word, Father, we just want to hear from you. And so I pray for every heart in this room here this morning. Father, many come in with lots of different thoughts. For some, they're eager to worship you. Others, they're hesitant, maybe even reluctant. But Father, I pray that they would encounter the living, breathing, risen Son of God. Father, speak to us this morning through your word, and may we worship you all back. It's your name we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, hey, if you got your Bibles, open up to the book of Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. It's going to be two quick verses, but jam-packed with theological and practical truth. Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul would write to the church of Colossae, And he would say these words in these two verses, verse 6 of chapter 2, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so what? So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding in thanksgiving. Every time we open up God's word, we've got to be students of God's word. If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't don't ever stop being a student of who our God is. We've never arrived, no matter what degree, no matter how long you've known Christ, no matter if you're a pastor or not a pastor or what level you serve in, we've never arrived at even, get this, at even scratching the surface of the greatness of our God. And so every time we open up his word, it's, Father, teach me, teach me something new about you. You know what? As we we get into God's word, it's so much more about getting to know him than getting our feelings met. Right? How often we open the word and say, man, I didn't didn't get anything out of the word today. No, 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 no. It's not about what I can get. It's what I can learn about who he is. Like, this word isn't written just to make us feel happy. It's not written to, like, tickle our emotions and, hey, I hope this is a good word for you today. No, no, this is, this is the living, breathing word of God that we get to study to know him. And we have that privilege that he would offer that to us. And so as we're studying it, we got, we, got to just, we got to go slow. Not just I read my devotion, I, I checked off my, my reading plan for the day, but I've got I've to slow down. I've got to know who the author is. I've got to know what he's writing about, who he's writing to. I've got to read these words, and, and it starts with verse 6, saying, therefore, and I've got to ask myself, well, well what is it therefore? Why, why, why would Paul pen that? What is he pointing back to? Paul's stopping with this big spotlight, and he's putting down on this verse. He's kind of skir- stopping, the, slamming the brakes on the car or, or pulling the alarm and saying, listen, I want everybody to, to pause here. I want everybody to think about this. And he's going to go back in chapter 1, and he's going to unpack Some very key things that we need to know. What you need to know about the Church of Colossae is that they were were in the middle of a culture that was with an onslaught of external ideologies and philosophies and beliefs. This this rampant culture that, that, that would say, man, we need to add some things in order to understand who Christ is. I mean, their Greek mythology is they leaned heavily on that, literally taught that, man, the spirit's good, but the body, man, it's, it's evil, it's wicked. And so and their, their structure and their problem with man is, is Christ, can he really be the son of God? Because he's, he's human. And hey, that can't really line up. And then this, this whole Gnosticism, this, this, this to know, like there's more knowledge to be known about who God was. And so they're, they're, they're adding all these things. They're, they're bringing these things into, into the church. Does it sound like our culture today? Hey, you can believe what you want to believe. Hey, it doesn't really matter the, the authority or the sufficiency or the inerrancy of Scripture because it's really it's whatever, whatever you say. What's good for you is good for you. What's good for me is, is good for me. Matter of fact, even within the church, you've got just such a, a diluted and a polluted approach to the scriptures. That, that, that It's kind of like a, a buffet. I'll just pick and choose. And if I, if, I, if I agree with that, then it's cool. But if I don't agree with that, then, man, I'll just, I won't put that on my plate and I'll push it to the side. So maybe we could relate to, to this culture um, in the form of, of a diet. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I bet if we were to raise by a poll of hand, how many of y'all have done a diet in the last year, we would be on, on a, an upper percentage of people who have done some diets this past year. Can I get an amen? Y'all didn't even want to amen to that. Jeez. All right. So, so somebody give me one, uh, a famous diet out there. Somebody give me one. The, key, the keto, the carnivore. If I was going to go on one, I'm going on the carnivore diet, right? The keto diet, the carnivore diet. What else we got? The seafood diet, I don't even know what the, whatever sea, whatever food I see, I eat it, right? I like that one. There right, are Lots of different diets that are going on out there, but there's one gentleman who goes to the doctor and says, Doc, man, I've been on this diet for, for, over, for over two months and I'm, I'm not losing, I'm gaining. Like, Doc, I need your help. It's like, okay, let's have a consultation. Let's try to figure this thing out. So, so tell me, um, what have, what have you been eating? Well, I'm on the, I'm on the all fruit diet, just the fruit diet. Okay what kind of fruit? Well, oh, Doc, I eat, I eat all the fruits, all of them. Okay, but you're gaining weight. So let's, let's pull back the layers here. Let's, let's lean into this. Well, well, what types of fruit? Okay, well, well, strawberry. He's like, so you have one strawberry a day? Well, no, 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 but, but strawberry cheesecake, it's the number one thing on my menu, strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> Doc's like, all right, what else? Oh, man, dude, I love, man, I love me some, some peach. He said, you ain't talking about peach cobbler, are you? He's like, of course, man, that peach cobbler. He said, Doc, I got my potassium. And Doc's like, don't even tell me you're going with the banana pudding. He's like, oh, I love banana pudding, right? It's the best. He's like, I got my greens in there. I got the key lime pie. And he's like, man, I've heard a, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, so I have an apple strudel every morning when I wake up. And the doc's like, man, um, I think I know your problem. See, what, what's happened is the nutritional value has been compromised because you've added to it. And if you and I aren't careful, the nutritional value, the ultimate value of God's word, if we add to it, y'all, it dilutes, pollutes, and it pulls away all that God has for you and for I. And so what we've got to do is we've got to make sure Paul's saying, listen, church at Colossae, and it would go down the corridor of time through the Holy Spirit and God's word to you and I today and say, listen, make sure this is the equation. It's Jesus plus nothing equal everything. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. It's not Jesus plus and then fill in the blank. It's just simply Jesus, period. And you and I have got it. if we're going to be built to last and if we're going to build to last, you and I have got to recognize that equation. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Paul says, therefore. So let's be students of God's word. Let's flip back to chapter one and see, well, what is that therefore? Paul, what are you talking about? Look in Colossians chapter 1, starting verse 3 and 4, Paul says what? We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, when we pray for you. Why? Since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Hey, Paul looks back and says, hey, therefore, listen, since you've got a faith in Jesus. And you know what my prayer is for anybody in this room here this morning that that doesn't know Jesus? That that, that the Spirit would prick your heart in a way? Let me just tell you this right now, that Jesus loves you. That he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. In circumstances in your life, and you may say, but dude, that's not for me. And I'm just going to tell you that Jesus is the only one who fully and finally satisfies. And Paul starts off by saying, listen, listen, since we know of your faith. Hey, therefore, man, you got a faith. Hey, therefore, look at verse 9. This is Paul's prayer. As if he's praying over the church in Colossae and he prays it to VLC here this morning. And so from this day, verse 9, and we've heard We haven't ceased to pray for you. Asking, notice what Paul asked, that you would be filled with the knowledge, and he's very specific, of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Hey, not of the culture, not of Gnosticism, not of all these things that are out there that are trying to add to it. I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that what? You could walk in a manner, verse 10, worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. I don't know about you, but I want to be a man that God looks down and says, well done, good and faithful servant. That I would live a life that's fully pleasing to him. And here's what I've come to realize. My pastoral title gives me none of that. Doesn't give me any of that. My church attendance doesn't give me any of that. It's going to be how I daily abide in my Savior and walk out this relationship. And the same is true for you. So Paul's praying, he says, therefore, man, you've got this faith and I'm praying that you're going to grow in this faith and that you're not going to be adding things. There's going to be no delusion or, or pollutedness to this. Notice this, man, he drops a beat here in verse 15, jump ahead to verse 15. Notice what Paul says. If I could rap, I'd rap it, but I can't. He says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, whether visible and invisible, thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Paul's just getting started, so he keeps on going. And he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Hey, Gnostics, I just want you to know this. And he is the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. Hey, did you catch this? That in everything he might be preeminent. Oh, he's still going on. For in him all The fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Paul says, Therefore, Paul says, Therefore, therefore, guess what I do? Look at verse 24. I'm going to rejoice in my sufferings. Hey, in light of the gospel, in light of who God is, in light of your faith, man, I'm just going to rejoice in my struggles, because look at verse 29, for I toil, I struggle with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. In chapter 2 we I'll unpack that toil. And Pastor Jacob, you know, I thought about this for you and for I. I Man, the greatest thing that we could do and what God challenged me with, it's not, man, can I improve on my communication ability? It's not, can I improve on my leadership It's not, can I have a great vision? It's not, can can we be strong and bold as young leaders in the faith? But can we and will we toil and struggle to save the sheep that God has graced us to shepherd, that we love their hearts, that we pursue them, that they would not go wide, but that they would go deep into Jesus and that we shepherd and nurture their hearts. And Paul says, man, this is what I toil for. Man, therefore, Paul is setting all this up. Man, therefore, listen. Church, you and I, we cannot grow. Write this down. You cannot grow outside of Jesus. We can't grow. man. our works-based system, we can't produce it. Our church going, our self-determination, our Christian works. It is only in and through Jesus and Jesus alone. And Paul says, therefore, therefore, as you have received. Therefore, a.k.a. since then. therefore. Because God has gone about doing this, therefore, because of, therefore, as ye have to recognize the supremacy of Christ and the authority of Christ and the preeminence of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ, ought then lead us to the submission of Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, as you've received, everybody say lambano Paro lambano. It's the Greek word. Uh, para is the preposition to bring to oneself. Lambano is a suffix receive. So turn to your neighbor and say Paralambano. Paralambano. Paul's saying, listen, as you've received, as you've received, as you've received. And so we're going to break it down a little bit with a little bit of football. How many are excited for some NFL football this afternoon, huh? I know the Dolphins are in it. And if two were playing, y'all would be there. But let's, let's not go there, right? As you've received, as you've received. And in football, every single time the quarterback turns around and hands that off to the running back. I've never seen a running back grab the football and start running down the field like this. I've never seen it. And every receiver, man, he catches it. Boom, boom. He always pulls it in every single time. I mean, you got 350-pound linemen running sub-540s. I mean, they're bench pressing 225 like 40 times, and they are trying to rip that ball every single time out of the running back's hands. And every single time that guy gets the ball, he grabs it and immediately tucks it. It's an immediate tuck. And, I, and I'm blown away when I watch football. How can these guys hold on to the ball that tight? I mean, they are trained. Grab it, receive it, and pull it close. They are trained to paralambano a football. Because they know something, that there's 11 men on the other side of the field lined up against them trying to make them fumble this football. Ask the Baltimore Ravens what that was like. Sometimes you think, man, I can just extend this football out just a little bit. But as soon as we extend out the football, man, we're now open to the susceptibility of the world that's coming in, seeking to knock it out of our hands. Paul would say, Paul Lombano, Jesus, why? Because there's a world out there full of haters that are trying to dilute everything that, my, that the word of Christ is trying to elevate. Paul would say, paro limbano Jesus, man, bring Jesus close because there's going to be pain and scenes of hurt in your life, and it's going to tempt to strip that ball right out of your hands. Man, paro limbano Jesus. Man, Paul's going to say parolimbano, Jesus, because there's going to be some hard decisions that you're not going to have to face. And if we hold it out here, man, the world and all those decisions, it's going to cause us to fumble our walk with Jesus. And Paul says, I want you to parolimbano. Don't let anything dislodge it. Don't let anything strip you. Don't ever drop this ball and don't ever leave it. But parolimbano, Jesus. Man, as you've received him, as you've received him. I mean, I mean let's, let's flip it. another analogy for the ladies. When was the last time you saw a mother with a newborn baby walking around like she was little Simba, right? <laughs> just holding her out there like it was the baby. I mean, maybe if there was an accident, that's typically how you pass the baby back. There's an accident. Let me pass the baby back. But, I mean, Cheryl, I haven't seen her this week and walking around with little, her little daughter just holding her out like this, right? You, you hold them close. That's our orthodoxy our right belief, and our right thinking that leads to our orthopraxy, our right living. My question for you, because it's the question the Spirit asked me, is how are you holding on to Jesus right now? And, um, you know, when Jacob asked me to come and preach, and it's always a challenge because, you know, you come for one time, and it's your church family, and you love everybody, and people are excited to have you come back, and, I'm like, man, this isn't about me. So hope you all know it's way bigger than me. It's about him, and so it's like, okay, well, what am I going to preach, right? Because I want to communicate well to my, to my family, and, and it was as if God was saying, well, why don't you just preach where you're at? Is that okay? And my wife can testify that that for me, the last the last six months of ministry, man, I, this has been how I've been holding Jesus. And just caught up in the in the ministering without tying in the maker and serving without the savior and trying to do my duty but not being connected to the divine. It's really easy to slip into it, y'all. And Paul would just say, Josh, man, I, I I need I need you to bring, God's saying, Josh, bring me close. Bring me back close to, the, to where there's a season that you're, that you're abiding in me, that you're not, you're not keeping me distant, you're not fumbling me, because what I begin to see in my life and what you may be able to see in your life is that there's some warning signals when we're not bonoing Jesus. I mean, maybe, just maybe, if there's an increased amount of fear and anxiety and worry, it maybe, just maybe, might mean you're not bonoing Jesus. Hey, if there's a consistency in you hitting the snooze button on your time. In the word with Jesus Christ, maybe, just maybe, you're not parolambanoing Jesus. Hey, if, if there's failure to recall the most recent thing that you've prayed for, then maybe, just maybe, you're not paralombanoing Jesus very closely. Hey, if your lens is getting blurry and you're starting to see yourself bigger and others smaller, then maybe, just maybe, you and I were not parolambanoing Jesus very closely. Hey, if there's a heightened level of, of agitation and anger, maybe, just maybe, it's a sign that you and I were not paralombanoing Jesus very closely. We can look at our overcrowded calendar, our history on the internet, and the receipts in our bank statement. And they're going to tell us a lot of if we are or if we're not paro Jesus. And what the Spirit said to me is, Josh, man, I don't want you to be cavalier in your faith. Josh, I don't want you to be complacent in your walk. I don't want you to be lethargic in your longing or scarce in your seeking. And so my heart's prayer has been, Lord, would you arrest my heart again? Father, would you just take me to the mat? Father, would you just sweep me off my feet and reveal to me the glory and the fullness of who you are and would I get you back in the proper position of parolambowing Jesus. Man, therefore, if you've received as you've received. I love that word receive because think about it. Y'all, we, we didn't do anything to earn Jesus. Y'all know that, right? Man, man your, your stat line, right, right your, your pedigree, your portfolio, like there's nothing about us, our resume, there's nothing that we did that accounts to Jesus to earn, to manipulate, to, to make over, to, to find a way to, to make Jesus be something. No, 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 man. It's all about the gospel. It's all about what he did. It's all about who he is. And Paul says, listen, Church of Colossae, you can't forget this. Paul says through the Spirit to us this morning, church at VLC, you can't forget this. My prayer over us has been there be a burning desire. Man, this heavenly craving like never before to hold Jesus close. It says, therefore, as you have what? Received, and I love this description. Paul's like, man, I want everybody to know, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord. The only time in all of scripture we'll see this reference to Jesus. It's the only one. Very pointed at all the Gnosticism of that day. Paul's like, I want everybody to be clear about who it is we've received. By faith. Through grace and the work of Jesus, Christ, his, his title, the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus, meaning the Savior, Lord, that he is divine and he is deity. And it's all of that. And you and I, church, we cannot separate the person and the work of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's heresy and malpractice if we go there. It's the person of Christ and the work of Christ, and we always hold them in high esteem. Not rules, not a, a set of ideology or philosophy, but it's God's word. And we elevate him. And Paul says, this, this is the one I want you to cling to. Because it's so easy to cling to other things of this world, is it not? It's like the magnetic pole that these other things have. And Paul says, this is the one thing. If there's one thing that you need as you've received Christ's Jesus the Lord, man, so walk in him. So walk in him. So walk in him. So walk in him. Not in your duty. Not in this obligation. Not in your feelings. Not in maybe I'll just add to. He says, but I need you you to step this thing out. I need you to walk in him. But The question the spirit asked me was, well, Joshua, which way you walk in? Which way you walk in? And people were to look at your life, man. What would they say? And and which direction would it lead to? Are, are they seeing you fall in line with me, or is it is it is it, does it need some course correcting? Look at Paul's logic. Therefore, as you've received, he's always taken us back. I love how Jacob said that earlier. As we as we think back to that moment that we encountered Jesus for the very first time, and in the same way as we received that gift, man. So continue to walk in Him. This daily, active, I mean, think about it, to walk in him, it's, in light of all he's done, it's the only right response. I mean, in light of what he's done, like, there's, it's the only appropriate next step. I mean, to think about, like, I I once was in darkness, and now I'm in light. I, I, I once was far off from you, and now I'm brought close. I once was dead, and now I am alive. And in light of the the substitutionary work of Christ on the cross, that he paid the penalty for you and for me, that he rose from the dead, and he offers us new life in him. In light of all that he's done, because I couldn't do a thing to earn it, man, walk in him. Man, in light of who he is, Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior, Lord, the Master, See, I think think we've got this mixed up. Salvation, y'all, isn't, it's not the end. Y'all do know that. Salvation is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the kickoff. It's salvation to sanctification to glorification, to one day that we get to be with him forever. And so as we're on this world, what God wants to do is make you and I look more like him. It's a process. And so for a lot of us, salvation is like, oh, well, he, he rescued me. He saved me from my sin. And so I'm all about having a Jesus. Our world is all about a Jesus who saves them. They love that. They love that. But, but he isn't just Savior. He's also Father. It's all about a relationship with Jesus. It's all about a relationship with him. Each and every day to say, hey, hey how can I bring Jesus close to me? And how can I walk with him? That he's the one that's leading everything, all my thoughts, on my emotions, on my dreams, on my desires. And so I'm communing with him because he's my savior and he's my father, but he's also, he's my Lord. And that's where the world doesn't like it. Because if he's our Lord, then that means we got to submit to him. If he's our Lord, that means that we got to follow his leading. If he's our Lord, that means it's thy way, not my way. And so Paul hits on this, man, have you received Christ Jesus the Lord? Man, get him back to that proper response. Man, then allow that to be what drives you forward. Because you all know that the enemy, man, the enemy ain't afraid of Sunday churchgoers. The enemy's not afraid of Sunday churchgoers. Because if all we do is come here, man, when there's a band and we we praise loud and we sing loud and there's a pastor on stage with a microphone and we have to listen to him. And so we listen to him and we take notes. But if that's all we do, man, the enemy's like, I'm not worried about that. But it's when we walk out those doors and, listen, we, we serve a risen Savior, not just on Sunday, but from Sunday to Sunday. And When we go out there and we do this, when we walk with Jesus closely, when we parolimbano Jesus and we hold him close and we walk it out, that's when the devil starts to tremble. And so what does the devil want to do? Man, he wants to get world, the world and his and and it's onslaught of the pain and the questions and the thoughts and the feelings and the... And to get us to, to drop Jesus. Or maybe we won't drop Jesus. Maybe we'll just think that we'll just we'll just put Jesus here. And we'll come back to Jesus later. Right, if I, if I, if I, he's, he's there, right? Notice, notice where he says, so walk. Walk what? In him. Paul gets very specific on the location. Doesn't just say walk around, doesn't say walk close to. He says walk in. Literally in his steps. And J.D. Greer would say this, man, the church, the greatest danger is a church that just gets comfortable being around the gospel and not living in the gospel. And says, so, man, it's got to be in the location, the proximity. Hey, man, don't, don't step out of bounds. But on a daily basis that I'm presently, I'm walking in, in Christ and I'm seeing as Christ sees and I'm thinking as Christ would think. And when I'm not feeling as Christ would feel, then I've got to submit my desires and I've got to go under his authority. I've got to remember all the things that he's done. And as I pull him close, now my walk begins to match the transformation that's taken place in my heart. And that's the beauty of the church, right? The, the, the guy would say that you are, that I am an epistle read known to men, that we are ambassadors as if Christ were making his appeal through us. How crazy is that? Have you ever thought about that for a second? I'm like, God, there's probably a better way to do that, right? Like, you're gonna, like, you're gonna make your appeal through me. And he's like, yep, that's exactly what I want. If you'll hold me close, and if you'll allow me, man, I must go. Why must I go so that the Spirit can come? And the writer John's like, listen, there's a Holy Spirit, there's a helper who will live inside of you to help you walk this thing out. And so stay inbound, stay with him, walk in Jesus, you and I, we don't graduate in the Christian faith. There's no CLEP class that I can, oh, I can CLEP this and not have to participate. No, 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 no. God has you where you're at. Think about this. He has you exactly, exactly where you're at for a reason. And he says, walk in me there. See, as God's children, we're like, well, hey, like, but if I were over there, man, I, I like that season. So send me there, Right. And then we come over here, right? And, and then we're like, oh, man, but that season over there. Let me go over there. And we always want to be bounced around. And God's like, no, 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 no. I got you right where you are for a reason. Walk in me there. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, by faith and the atoning work of Christ, walk in him and display him to the world. It's interesting because this whole text is focusing in on, and Paul will say this in, back in chapter 1, verse 10, hey, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Chapters 3 and 4, he's going to shift over into application of how they should live it out. In the, in the sister epistle to the church of Ephesus, in Ephesians, Paul will write seven times this, this word walk, this pilgrimage. It's going to be a constant reminder. Paul talks deep in theology of Romans, and then he goes into practical application in these little letters he wrote to different churches, front-loading them with theology, back-loading them with practice. But I camped out at verse 6 for the most of this morning because notice verse 7. He's going to say, rooted and built up, let me just, so you don't forget, in him and established in the faith, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. This agricultural term, this architectural term, this term, this legal term, t- t- to be rooted, to be, to be going deep in and implanted in. Hey, listen, as things from this world are coming and they're trying to strip that ball out of you, I need you to be rooted Hey, I also want you to be built up, right? I want there to be this this growing in of your faith and this legal turn to be established that it's marked, it's sealed, and it's set. But all three of those words in the Greek are in the passive, meaning those are things that the Spirit is going to do in us as we parapateo, as we paralambano Jesus and bring him close, and then parapateo, walk this thing out. As we do those things, it's the Spirit that's going to help us be built to last. And so it's so reassuring that it's not all on us. It's not all on us as we, as we build to last and seek to be built to last. It's not just about what I can do to work it, but it's the Holy Spirit's working in me. And so as you pull Jesus close, look what he's going to do in and through your life. He's going to root you. Some of you all man, I need to be rooted. Well, I, you can't be rooted if Jesus is over here. and You can't be rooted if Jesus is out here. He's got to be brought in close. Rooted. Built up, man, I long to be a man or a woman that's, that's built up. But you got to bring Jesus close. You got, you guys, you've received him to bring him in. I want to be established, but I can't be established if the ball's out there or if the ball's over here. And it's the work that Christ will do in your life. Because Christ said, listen, I didn't, I didn't call you to do this all on your own. It's going to be my power through you, my power through you, my power through you that will establish you, that will build you, that will root you. So that you can live out the life that I've called you to live. And then he'll go back and he'll bookend these two verses just as you were taught. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. It's interesting. He goes back to a tense in the Greek that puts onus on the subject doing the work. So he bookends it. Hey, what I need you to do is, I need you to be the one that paralambanos and brings me close. Hold on. As you've received what I've given you, I gave it to you. Now you hold on to it. I did the work. Now you walk in it. I'm going to do some rooting, some built up and establishing in your life. And then I want you to abound in thanksgiving. Abound in thanksgiving. What would it look like for your life and for my life today to be a life that the loudest thing that came out of our voice was thanksgiving and praise? Paul would go back to, hey, well, since you've been granted this salvation and the work that I've, I've bestowed to you, since you've had this faith and you know who I am, and there's much to be thankful for. There's much to be thankful for. And we get so caught up in a world that we look at all the things that, that we don't have. And again, it's another way the world is always trying to strip that ball out of our hands. And the Apostle Paul is like saying, listen, Church of Colossae, I need you to abound. I need you literally to overflow at its banks. As if in the rainy season and it's the river and it's, it's welling up and bubbling over. It's literally flooding the land. What God wants to do through his children is flood the land with praise. And not just on a Sunday morning when the songs are singing and it's easy to, but in the middle of the day. And y'all know that in the Bramos family that we're walking through a brother who's going through cancer. And I am blown away at the text message that I get of Andrew of his thankfulness and his praise to God when he should be the last one that's doing it. But what he recognizes is, is that even with cancer i'm either going to be saved or either i'm either going to be healed or i'm going to be healed i'm either going to live or i'm going to live and so a lot of that what am i going to do andrew says i'm just i'm going to rejoice i'm going to overflow with thanksgiving i don't need to focus on my circumstance i just can focus on my creator And I know what he's done, and I know he's good, and I know he loves me. I know he created me, and I know sickness isn't of this world. It's it's a consequence of this world. It's not of God. It's a consequence of the fall of this world. And so why get mad at what I know is going to come, or I can just choose to praise? Or I can just choose to give thanks. And I don't always feel like it. and I don't always want to, but I'm just going to give thanks. And as children of God, man, we have much, much, much to give thanks for. Much to give thanks for. Much to give thanks for. And what God wants us to do this morning is say, child, I want you to to see me in all these things. I want you to return to me in these things. I want want you to, to stop having me be out here so far and bring me back close. Let me do the rooting. Let me do the building. Let me do the establishing. And then you do the praising. Together, together, this is gonna be the way that we're gonna change the world. That God invites you and me. Hey, he's given us the message of reconciliation, that we get to be a part of extending the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ each and every day, right where you're at, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your friends, and we get to extend the truth of who he is. Maybe this morning, you're saying, I can't I can't and on Jesus because I've never received him. Heard a lot about him, but I've never received him as my personal Lord and Savior. Man, my prayer over your heart this morning is that you recognize that Jesus was your substitute. He lived the life that you couldn't live and he died the death that you and I deserved. And he did what no other man could do. And he went into the grave and then three days later he walked out of the grave. It was the blood that he shed that paid the atonement for our sins. And his resurrection offers us new life if we would receive the gift, if we'd receive the gift. And maybe today will be your moment of salvation. But if you know Jesus, you've had that moment. Oh, today ought to be the day of praise as we express gratitude and thankfulness to who he is. So if Jesus hasn't been close, well, God, challenged me with Josh, bring him close. I'll just pass the same challenge the Spirit gave to me. Bring him close. Heavenly Father, God, this morning, we're lifting up your name. We wanna magnify you, edify you, and glorify you. Father, thank you for the work that you did on the cross. Father, we didn't deserve it. We couldn't earn it, we're so grateful for it. So we're going to sing of it. Father, we know that you love us. And even in those seasons that we extend you out too far, God would help us, help us today, bring you close and hold you close and then walk close with you. Father, we love you. At your name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way. Everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.